I've done something while you were asleep. <laughs> it's time for work. Uh, I mean, the clock does say it's time for work, but it feels too early to be up. Yes, it's it's a little bit early, isn't it? But I've I've changed things. Oh no! Have you done that thing where I get an hour less sleep? Less for no sleep reason? for you, more work for me. <laughs> oh, can, can we at least stay in in this mode? I like the sun out. <laughs> No. Shift work keeps you compliant and broken. <laughs> We're going to change it all again in the autumn. <sighs> uh, I... <sighs> yes, my plans are. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies talk about the things we have consumed media-wise in the weeks and do silly skits and voices and have a bit of a catch-up. Catch-up. Yeah, we're, we're recording and it's still, it's still daytime-ish outside. That's because Jacob Rees Mogg stole our daylight. Damn capitalism stealing our sleep Damn hour. You. Like, I like the end result. I like there being daylight later into the day, yes. but could we get there without me having to lose an hour of sleep for some reason? Only if we can somehow get rid of the archaic concept of British summertime. I mean, could we just keep this time zone we're in, please? I would like that, but I don't think they will let us. Ah, uh, well, we should start this show with the section we always start the show with. Things we've played. What have you What have you played this week? I've played an awful lot of Loop Hero. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of this too. So tell me about Loop Hero. Loop Hero was... is basically, uh, well, it's a roguelite, but yes. it's also an idle game. Yes. I can't remember if I'd played it by the time that like we did the show last week. I feel week. like we did talk about or you did talk about it last week. But yeah, it's it is an idle game roguelike. Deck deck builder. Deck building, tile laying, idle. It it feels in many ways closer to like a tower defense game than yes. a traditional roguelike. Except you are the thing that is running round. Yeah. You are also the thing that is putting the towers down. Yeah, it's a JRPG where you play the invading half of a tower defense game. Is it a JRPG? It's certainly an RPG. Why is it an RPG? I yeah, it's you 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 run around a, a circular track, adding various things that will make the, th the the loop more difficult, but will give you more rewards. And you try and get as many rewards as you can, and get out alive. It could be a JRPG. I suspect the end game here is that we're going to have to kill God. I mean, that's the feeling I've got so far. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's really building up to kill God. Yeah. So it's it's a beautiful sort of. Uh, like 8-bit graphics art style yeah. Like I couldn't tell you what the colour palette is But I'm guessing it's not very big Yeah uh, Yeah, it's, it's it's got some charming graphics in there Some really nice uh, chip-tune music yeah. Really nice well character done. portraits All yeah. of those are really nice yeah. Well well, well dithered there, everybody Yeah So the, the, the general idea is that you are uh, you, you get cards every so often Which you can lay out onto a grid which will impact this loop that you are automatically taking. Like, you in battles, you, all that determines whether you win or lose is your stats. You aren't, like, making choices within the battle. 
Um, you don't do the battle, the battle just happens. Exactly. Like, you, you can pause the game at any time with a single button press to change your, your equipment loadout or place more things on the board which could heal you or they could add more enemies or they could add some treasure chests and if you add too many of them they might start having negative consequences and uh, then you just let it play out some more. Um, and as you kill things you get new tiles. Yeah, and you get new loot and you basically try and build a build that will last long enough to defeat that level's boss. Yeah, well not necessarily even that but... There's a push-your-luck element of, do I think I can make it round another loop? Yeah. So the, the way that this game handles its rewards is you can cancel and go back to the between runs, um, like spend your resources thing at any time. But if you do it midway through a loop of this circuit, you only take home 60% of your resources. If you do it at the end of a loop, when you reach the campfire, you get 100% of your resources. And if you die along the way, you only take 30% back. Mm. I must say, I really like that you still get to take 30% back. Uh, even you don't get death. to take any furniture back with you, though. No, but like, I've played games where you've where I'll have runs of this sort of length and die and be like, I feel like I wasted my time. Mm. At least taking 30% back is like, I feel like I got something, and it definitely mitigates my frustration if I chance it a little too much and lose a run. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this game. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's very good put it on a second screen while you're doing other stuff kind of game. Oh, yeah. I, I right click, I look away, the game happens a bit. If I notice my bar of tiles getting a bit full, I might pause and when I have a minute get back and lay yeah. some more tiles or realise that I've got all the way back to the village and uh, just, you know, sort yeah. out some new weapons because I'm playing the rogue at the moment and the rogue doesn't really get much in the way of weaponry on the way around. Mm. It's not until they get back to the village and they trade in basically all their kills for a yes. uh, new kit. And only kit that will fit in, in their bag. And not only that, you're collecting elements from the enemies you kill, the places you've been, so you might get if you walk through a grove, you might get twigs. If you walk mm. through a cemetery, you might get bits of bone and stuff. And you can basically compress large enough numbers of those into a better version of that. Like pebbles might become solid stone yeah. or um, like even recycled weapons end up becoming like, uh, I think it's like some kind of special yeah. steel. Yeah. Um, one thing I really like about this is the element of discovering combinations of things that do stuff that are not advertised to you by the game. Yes. Um, so, like, a really basic early example is if you do a 3 by 3 grid of little sort of mountain squares... Mountains and rocks. Uh, it'll turn into a very big mountain, and you'll get a big bonus of a bunch of extra resources. Ah. And yeah. It will start spawning harpies. Yeah. But, like, here's, that's the thing. Every positive comes with a negative, mm -hmm. and... The game does, I think, a really good job of balancing, like, okay, you can have a little bit of positive, but if you want more positive, there is a cost to that. And having that sort of risk-reward play out the whole way through. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favourite... I won't say what it does, but one of my favourite early combinations was putting a vampire mansion next to a village. Um, that yes. came with multiple turns of... Um, making the game more difficult before it had any kind of payoff. Yeah, so basically the vampires will start eating all the villagers. It will become, I can't remember what it is, like a cursed village or something. Yeah. And those 
basically you will have to deal with, I think, three rounds of a vampire plus four um, ghouls. Yeah, see... And then after that, it will it will do something better for yeah. you. It's the village generally is a space is a is a low level healing space. You know, every time you pass it, something good will happen if you if you survive three rounds of vampires and ghouls. But that's a particularly tough fight that you have to deal with. And like mm-hmm. those little finding things that work together and that have synergy was like it's a really nice little bit of puzzling. Yeah, and there's also like a, a, a back and forth with the things you place. So like. Um, if you place for every ten rocks or mountains you place, you will get a I think it's a bandit camp or a goblin camp. Will appear uh, gob- a goblin camp because the ban- a bandit camps are if you put two uh, every two villages you put down. Every two track. villages, yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's another one. Like um, the villages are good because you can get some health yeah. and they'll give you a quest, which might get you a nice item or at least yeah. some XP. But then you've got, you know, the the downside that that's on later levels that might be too hard for you. Exactly. Or you can put down multiple spaces that will spawn treasure chests uh, when you pass them, which is good. But I think it's two again. Like once you put your second one down in each pair of them, you do. Um, the game will start making ghost spaces where if an enemy, uh, a dead enemy, goes across that, it's like, oh, now it's a ghost you've got to fight. It's crossovers. So, um, with the if you have, because uh, that's got a like a little area of effect that you can see. Yes, yeah. If they're both in it, you get, um, I think it's blood path. Yeah, which yeah. Spawns yeah. blood clots and something else. Yeah. Um, there's also the graveyards, which uh, can make things dead. Yeah. And there is a chance if the uh, if the battlefield or the graveyard is too close, you can make ghosts. Or mm. ghosts of ghosts. But like, see, that's this is the thing: is all of these pieces you're putting down have benefits they give you, but they all uh, come with little costs. And mm-hmm. balancing, like, when is the right time to add more to the loop to get more resources, but you think you can handle the extra challenge? That's the joy of the game. Yeah, it's a really nice little game. This really enjoying it so far. Um, yeah, I've just unlocked the necromancer. I haven't played with them yet. I'm very mm. much still enjoying. Playing through as the um, uh, playing Rogue. through as the rogue, uh, I've kind of got a whole thing going with them now. Like, yeah. I've, you know, I'm pretty ha- happy with how that works. And I've just unlocked the uh, arsenal, mm. so now I can get like amulets for my rogue. Yes, and they're having a much better time now. Okay. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Oh, the main thing I've been playing this week is Monster Hunter Rise. How is the the slaughter of large? Local wildlife. Ah, uh, I'm having a very good time with this very difficult, but like very uh, like fair game. Um, so compared to past Monster Hunter games, for people who've played and like, if you've liked some and not others of games in the series, this feels most like Monster Hunter World, but with some of the over the top anime nonsense of Monster Hunter, uh, f- f- Monster Hunter ge- uh, Generations, uh, Ultimate Generations, or something like that, um, but balanced a bit better. Um, the game does a really nice job of making everything feel very snappy, very quick. Um, reduced amounts of plot compared to Monster Hunter World, which I think is a good thing. That game spent way too long on its plot, given that its plot was monsters are going to destroy us. We've got to dist- defeat the monsters before they dis- de- destroy us. That was the plot. Did not need to be much more than that, and this has definitely like pared that back a bit. Um, 
The new rideable dog mounts are amazing. They are wonderful. They can run vertically up a cliff, and I love them. <laughs> I I have dressed up my dog in some armor, and I have dressed up my cat in some some bunny skull armor. Looks adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been playing a bunch with the charge blade, which is like it is a complicated weapon that I have really found myself um clicking with. The short version is that sometimes it's a sword that does short, very quick attacks, and then sometimes you turn it into a big axe that is slower but does more damage, and you've got this meter that you fill up by doing damage that you can use to do big attacks if you sort of charge it up, and and basically you use this meter to give yourself a couple of minutes of, my attacks will be better, and then you try and get in your big attacks during that couple of minutes. Um, I had a lot of fun with that. Um... I have seen a lot of people playing Monster Hunter Rise very differently to how I play it. So there's two main schools of thought of how to play a Monster Hunter game. Okay. You've got the people who will defeat each monster once and go, yep, I completed that mission, off to fight the next thing. Okay. And you've got the way that I am playing it, which is... I want ten bear asses. I mean, basically, it's... I would like the full set of this creature's armor before I move on further in the game, so I'm going to fight it like four or five times and get all of the rare drops off of it and make sure that I I drop uh, uh, chop the tail off so I can get all the the tail drops and uh, uh, I'm going to get my full set before I move on. So I'm still fairly early in the game. Um, I think I think uh, Phoenix has actually played further into the story than I have. Wow, so much um, because I am just taking my time. To Getting all my crafting materials. You collecting things. I know, right? But up to where I'm at, which is like toward the end of the three rank single player missions, I have full sets of armor for myself and my cat and my dog for every creature I've defeated. Because that's how I play video games. Hmm. I really like Monster Hunter Eyes. It is, on a technical level, Definitely the most impressive game I've played on Switch. Um, it looks very fancy. It, it has... I know this because I did the AA this week. Yeah, it loads very fast. It um, has no like the Monster Hunter series typically not great for frame rate. Um, at launch, this is the most stable a console Monster Hunter game has ever been. It is pretty stably locked at thirty frames a second. Um, I think Monster Hunter World on PS4 when it released. It could go above 30, but it could also go below 30. It wasn't locked, which made it feel weird. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just a really beautiful game, and I'm having a lot of fun. For anyone who enjoyed Monster Hunter World and and is concerned that this will feel like a lesser Monster Hunter game because it's on a handheld and it's not the, the big one, mm-hmm. this is portable Monster Hunter World. This is, this is an incredibly impressive... Um, recreation of Monster Hunter World and it's real good. I'm having a lot of fun. I've been using my streaming nights to play multiplayer with people on stream and that's been very chaotic but very fun. (laughs) Um, When you've got four people all sort of mashing on one small creature it's like I can't even see the creature anymore but numbers and sparks I can see numbers and sparks happening. So yeah that's, that's all very good. I uh, I'm, I'm made a suit of armor the other day that looked like a, a cowboy outfit. I made a poison cowboy outfit. Oh heck. <laughs> yeah. Um don't poison cowboys. That's no. rude. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I really like Monster Hunter Rise. I really like it. It's very good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, I'm having a good time. This is 
This is the most I have. I have immediately really enjoyed a Monster Hunter. I think mm. that it's streamlined enough from World that a lot of my little complaints about World don't exist here, which is nice. Yay! Oh, what about you? What have you been playing this week? We played an board game. We did! Tell us about that! Well, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Space Invaders two years ago... <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kickstarter story. Um, we played the Space Invaders board game. Yeah, Space uh, Invaders the board game. Which was due out was due to be shipped to me in December 2019. <sighs> Licensing with Taito apparently is a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, their the, the thing has been that it was a pain to get everything second checked by Taito. Yes. Because they wanted confirmation of every single thing. So every time they made even the slightest change, it had to go back to Taito, who would take the time approving it or not approving it or saying what needed to be yes. done. Um, and then obviously... Like, the first little bit of delays brought them into 2020, which obviously came with its own swath of problems. Yeah. Um, like, there was... I think at one point there was a whole batch of components that were printed incorrectly at the factory. Oh, no. So they had to go, no, 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 the the, the ones we approved, remember? <laughs> go back to those. So that it's finally here. Yeah. We didn't get the deluxe edition. We have the version with the, the wooden pieces rather than the, like... Fancy neon acrylic ones. The wooden pieces are just fine. They are just fine. Although I keep looking at pictures going, I like the plastic thing. Well, I mean, it's the risk you run with a Kickstarter. You never know whether the game's going to be worth having the fancy acrylic pieces for. I think that was the thing I very much felt when I got it. It was like, no, I want my game to be a bit more sustainable. Yeah. Like, I want it to be like, if it's wooden pieces, there's no point upgrading to plastic. It's just putting more plastic in the world. Exactly. And whatever, like, bits they've left over and they've had to cut. But at the same time... Shiny neon plastic. Yeah. So should we talk about what the gameplay of, of Space Invaders the board game is? Y yeah, so imagine the uh, deck building game Dominion. Uh, yeah. Where you have, uh, you're, you're building a deck, you have uh, a set number of, of types of cards that you're trying to um, like buy from. And you can, you can, can only do a certain number of actions yeah. per turn. The difference here is that to uh, research or to, or to get things into your research queue, you have to scan aliens, then kill them. Then you will get one of that type if it's a researchable type. Yeah, and it'll be like better than a regular one. It'll have better stats. It'll be like, oh, you get a uh, plus one movement or plus two uh, or pick up two cards or yeah. uh, plus two buying power or some something else yeah. or like more energy or something. And you add one of those for free into your deck. It will also have a score in it, usually. Because mm. ultimately, it's a game like... Uh, it's got the, the clank aspect of deck building of your deck. The things in your deck are worth things. And yeah. you add that up at the end of the game. Yeah. So, like... <sighs> the way I would summarise this, I think, is it's a deck builder about making a deck that is worth as many points as possible. Um, the main things that you're gaining are, as you said, energy and number of actions you can do in a turn and card turnover are your primary things that you're dealing with in the, in yeah, the deck. Yeah, you've got movement as well. Yeah, movement, yeah, movement like as well. It, it, by the end, it certainly yeah. becomes less of a thing. Like, yeah, you yeah. do need to zip around and make sure that you're scanning things, yeah. but there's only so many rows you really want to be shooting yeah. in. So imagine like a, a game of Space Invaders. Instead, there's cards on the field. You can use um, increasing amounts of energy to shoot at aliens up in that board, 
um, to try and add those cards to your deck and eventually open up a clear line to the UFO and wait for it to come into shot and get a shot. And there's a couple of things that'll end the game. Shooting the UFO ends the game. Uh, Running out bunkers. Yeah, if any one of the bunkers uh, gets completely destroyed, you lose the game. If any player takes four hits to their character and loses their lives... Well, the life count depends on the player count. Oh, okay, for two player it was four. But uh, yeah, there's a few different end conditions, but basically you want to make sure that your deck is worth the most points at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Also, hitting the UFO is worth 10 points, so that you know that might factor into your choice to, to do it or not. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is a fun game, even if the instructions are a little obtuse and unclear at times. Yeah, there's a few times when we were like, I don't know what this means, so like looking for it, and then just the way the faces are written don't always super help. Yeah. Like, when do I do this? When does this happen? Uh, does this happen at all? Yes. You can't just look at look at look for a reference about a particular action. But there's a couple of things where it feels like the game developers spent so long making this game that things were second nature to them, and they didn't realize mm-hmm. that to someone who's never played, they might not make as much sense. Yes. Um, and occasionally we had to just stop and go. This seems like what that should mean, right? Okay, we're going we to agree to it. That's what that it means. That. Yeah, yeah. Which is never ideal, but I think, like, you know, we, it was not insurmountable, and no. I think behind that there is a very good game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I'm. I hope we get to play more of it. Um, I I will probably write a review at some point. It's a big it. game. It's a six-fold board. Yeah. Uh, even so, even then, like the cards that you lay out for the the five lanes, pretty tiny. They're they're like the small sized cards. I'm trying to think, like the Battlestar Galactica ca- uh, cards that you yeah. had for the mystery deck, like that sort of quarter sized card. Yes, that's a very small deck to have. <laughs> um, the other problem I have with that game is that there are some cards like the Space Mine that have red text on a blue background. Yes. And in not direct daylight, it can be really hard to read those. I don't know if it's just me and I'm slightly colorblind. Yeah. And I know I am ever so slightly colorblind. Yes, well, I was about to say red, blue specifically, uh, not a great uh, combination choice for colorblindness. Yeah. But, uh,. Yeah, I think they did a suitable job of making a deck builder that feels like Space Invaders. Yeah, I, I think they've 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 conveyed that pretty well. There is a lot going on, and I think obviously it gets a bit easier to play. And I hope that now that people are getting their copies, we will see more concise uh, videos on YouTube. Yeah, because at the moment there is the Kickstarter video. Mm. There is a playthrough of a prototype version by um, 612 Games, who, who developed it, uh, who are German. Ah. Um, so, but it's it's shot on kind of a potato cam. Yeah. They're not always explaining exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they're just doing the things. Yeah. Um, so I was sort of watching through that while playing my first solo game, because yeah. it's, it's one to four players, and what single player is not dissimilar to two player. Yeah. Although obviously it's a case of oh my score is my high score, ah. and I'm kind of just going for the uh, for the oh, UFO. I kind of I kind of like that. It would it would be setting your own high score, but yeah, yeah, it is. I guess like playing Space Invaders. Yeah. In that respect. Yeah. That that was a thing we played. What about you? You got any others? 
thought we played a little bit more Scythe Rise of Fenris, which is the uh, the sort of campaign of Scythe. The resettable campaign. Indeed. Uh, one correction. Last time we talked about this board game, uh, we talked about the fact that one of my complaints was, oh, it, it feels a bit weird to have um, oh, your money. currency yes. carry over from, from round to round. Yes. Apparently it doesn't do that. Well, it does cover or, carry over from round to round, but and it, you do use it to buy upgrades and stuff, but... It's apparently not used in your cam- uh, in your final score for the campaign. Yes, um, so I did take that one back. But yeah, I continue to be enjoying this. This was our first game played using the peace track, which Ooh. I did not realise how much of a difference it would make to my playstyle to not have to worry about the prospect of you attacking me at any point. Yeah, because we also had an alliance. Yes, so there's there's this whole thing that got introduced of alliance tokens, where it's like, hey, we can swap these tokens and we'll both get a benefit, but if uh, after we've done that, if one of us attacks the other, uh, the one who attacked loses their alliance token and loses some points at the end of the game, and it really incentivizes you not to fight. Yeah, or not take the uh, alliance in the first place, but because yeah. it basically gave us the special abilities of of each of our factions, yeah, to play with, which made meant that we could play on a relatively even playing field. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which yeah. I enjoyed, but it it was nice being able to be like I can spread out and not worry that my one lone uh, worker is just gonna get like trampled over by some mechs because they're alone. Yeah, it wasn't worth it to be fair. Yeah. That one work chasing that one worker off is not worth ten ten gold for the end of the game. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's I, I definitely preferred the the peace track. I played the peace track when I did this through solo yeah. a few months back. It's a it's a really fun campaign. It's I mean, obviously a bit of the mystery is gone, but well, it's still there. I can for live me. vicariously through you. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um but yeah, like it's it's fun like watching the game change slightly, especially if you've played a decent amount of, of classic scythe. Yeah. To go, oh, there's like a whole peace track now. And we had this whole problem of we realised kind of late that we'd actually finished the game. Yes. Because um, there's, uh, on the peace track, there's um, two stars for completing objectives instead of just one usually. Yeah. Unless you're one particular faction. Um, there's a star for getting um, three of those uh, encounter things. Yeah. There's a star for getting a factory card. Basically, there are objectives that aren't usually part of side that are introduced on the peace yes, track. But the combat and... ones have all yes. gone. And we both didn't notice, like, oh, 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 I did, th- oh, and you, yeah, we both did that one, and we didn't tick it off because we're not used to it being an objective. Yeah, there, there was one turn when I accidentally took three stars. <laughs> I did the same. I had a turn where I accidentally took three stars. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be this near the end of the game. Yeah, ah! I have things I want to do. <laughs> they had plans. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've we've just unlocked the first sort of major game change beyond the peace track. Ooh. So at the end of round two, we got um, some new modifiers yeah. that will stick with us going forwards. Um, we got to pick some of those, and we just paid what we what we wanted for them. Yeah, so we, we now have some once per game, but they persist from game to game little upgrades mm-hmm. that should shape how the gameplay is going yes. forward. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying this. Yeah, it, it, it's good for, um, like, especially like the game we just played that was a bit short. Having these power-ups means that basically a lot of our early game is going to move a lot more swiftly. Yes, we can speed a little more quickly through the early, I make a move and end my turn. I make and... a move and end my turn, and, and then you make a move, and then you get to do the second action this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> what about you? Have you played anything else this week? Uh, that's pretty much it. I think that's it for me as well. Well then. Time for this. Announcing, now that's what I call millennial era punk. Pick up this collection of CDs featuring such classics as Stop Burning the Fucking Planet. Maybe the world's wealth shouldn't belong to like four people. Food and shelter are basic human rights. And all cops are bastards. Because apparently, punk phrases like Rage Against the Machine were not clear enough to stop boomers thinking that punk supported their views. Now available in stores. This is a public service information broadcast brought to you on behalf of public broadcast services. Today, if you are already in the advertising phase and you've only just considered inviting people of colour to your big event, you're too late and people will see that. Picture the scene. You are trying to set up some kind of big event. Oh, look at me. I'm setting up some kind of event. You've invited a lot of people that you know. Oh, yes, let me look through the people I already know and invite those people and not think any further about this. Let's see, so you've got this big event going on. You want to make it a big thing. You've started advertising it all over the place. Everyone, come along to my thing. I've invited all the people that I know and not done any further invitations. Oh dear, someone in your comments has pointed out that you have not invited a single person of colour. Oops, it turns out I apparently only know white people. First of all, you should probably think about your bias in that respect already. Indeed, it's probably a problem if I've accidentally not known any people of colour. Furthermore, those people that you're now inviting are going to see the fact that they weren't invited sooner. The fact that they were in fact an afterthought and you're just using them to fill in space. Oh no, I should probably do this differently in future. Yes. Remember, people are going to notice if everybody you've invited to your thing is white. What have you put in your eye meats? What have I put in my eye meats? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Oh, we watched some uh, some some bad horror films at <laughs> uh, the weekend. Uh, should yeah. we start by talking about Killer Sofa? Mm. I genuinely kind of enjoyed this film. Yeah, it's 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 trash. It's it's, it's quite <laughs> a thing. Yeah. So if the if the name didn't give it away, it's a horror film. About a killer uh, recliner. Yeah, it's it's about a recliner chair that that's murdering people and doing murders. Murders. Um, I'm gonna. <sighs> we can't spoil it. No, we can't spoil it. I will so say. Basically, we'll, we'll, okay. First five yeah. minutes. Um, there is a guy who's kind of obsessed with this woman. Yep. Um, and he there is there is candles and there is some unnecessary surgery. There and is. There is a sofa. And then we find the sofa. It gets sort of brought into this woman's house. Um, I think it, it used to be hers. And oh no, the sofa keeps moving when 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 it shouldn't. And oh, oh the sofa, the sofa, oh, the sofa's got a very ominous. How did they make a sofa look like it had an ominous look on its face? Because it's a muppet. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. That sofa was great. It's a very impressive. Like they they did a, a great job for With, what must have been a decently low budget. Yeah. Uh a couple of buttons and a crease make a very effective sofa face. Yeah, it's just a sad muffin. Yeah. So basically we we played we played a little a game of guessing who was going to be first to die, who was going to survive longer. Uh, and we watched this film about a sofa doing murders. Yeah. 
while the man with a very bad heart tried to stop the bad things happening. Oh yeah, the man with a very bad heart who kept having magical visions about the sofa. <laughs> magical visions and just chugging down aspirin like it's no yeah. next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I've watched some bad films in my time. This is up there in one of the more genuinely enjoyable bad films. I used to collect B movies. Yeah, I mean, like this is very much in my wheelhouse. This... And yeah, I would, I would definitely have that. To I, the regular. I would recommend this in the rotation of like you know, alongside stuff like the stuff, the stuff, any trauma film. Yeah, it's <laughs> this. This is it's well paced. It never at any point felt like it was dragging, and it was just the right amount of. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh and shit! And also, oh my god! <laughs> oh my! Also, Wait, is, mm. is 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 the couch looking out the window? Yeah, my, that's my favorite thing <laughs> in this whole film. Is every time that you notice in the corner of a shot the the sofa leant to one side, like looking ominously out a window, because they've clearly just lent it against. Yeah, or like late at night, and the sofa's looking over the balcony. <laughs> Those shots are fucking great. Yeah. Oh. They they managed to give what is essentially a couch a lot of personality. Yeah, well done. <laughs> yeah, well it's done. it was genuinely real fun. Yeah, um, and I think I mean like you could make that bud that movie on a pretty low budget. Yeah, yeah. It I looked up the budget the night we were watching it. I can't remember what yeah. it was, but it was like it was it was like in the tens of thousands of dollars as opposed to like yeah it wasn't millions yeah yeah i think it was something like 35 grand yeah i think they made I mean, it on... like more than anything else is getting the locations yeah exactly and and probably the equipment used to film it. yeah uh do we want to talk about the other film we watched oh yes we watched velocipasta velocipasta not pasta is in the food the carbohydrate pasta. you eat pasta pasta it's a film about a pasta who is he becomes a velociraptor and fights ninjas. And Angie, Angie, he tries to make the world a better place by eating criminals. Yes. Uh, what did you What did you make of this one? Um, it's problematic in places. Certainly, yes. Like yes. the the accents towards the end keep yeah. coming and going. Um, the the what wh- why did he keep going to China? And I don't come tell if that was in the past. So it's supposed so, to be flashbacks. So one of the mm, yeah. So let's talk about the first time he goes to China because that's a bit iffy. Um, his it, his parents die in a car explosion. VFX car on fire. Yes, VFX car on fire is probably the funniest joke in that. Yeah. Film. Um, and his friend, the other pastor, is like, um, you need to renew your faith in God, and the best way to do that is go to the last place on earth you think God would be. And if, I missed that. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I was quite tired at yeah. this point. No, it, it's go to the last place on earth you think God would find you, and if he finds you there, you know he's 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 real. So this guy goes China. I'll go there, the last place God would be, which is not great. And then there were fundamentalist Christian. No, I nearly said Nazis, I meant ninjas. Ninjas. Yes, fundamentalist Christian ninjas. I don't feel bad talking about the plot of this because it's nonsense. Um, yeah. Basically, the plan is we're going to get everyone hooked on super cocaine so that when we then cut off the supply of super cocaine... Everyone will turn to God. Everyone will turn to God as a form of rehab and we the whole world will be Christians. Also, we are ninjas. For some reason. Also, we 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 are white ninjas. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. 
So this man becomes a velociraptor under the full moon and eats people. Not enough velociraptor in the film. Not enough velociraptor. I wanted more of that velociraptor suit. <laughs> but it did have that, like, low-budget B-movie horror film. Um, someone unexpected befriends a sex worker. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Um, and doesn't immediately make it weird. Yeah, yeah. They have quite a sweet relationship. Yeah, some of the some of the terminology used isn't like particularly great terminology, but like the relationship between the two of them is very sweet, and I like the setup of. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered all the books about dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the setup of the pastor using confessional to find out who the bad people are so he knows who to go eat as a velociraptor. Yep. Um, I liked his attempts to justify to the other pastor. Here's how the Bible justifies my eating people. Um, like, here's the thing. There were, par- there were elements of this film that were good. There, there were. It had I- some nice ideas. They didn't need to make it... Almost certainly I, xenophobic, possibly racist. It, it's pacing is all over the fucking shop. I think that you could have made a shorter and much tighter film. I think that it would have benefited from having more of the goofy Velociraptor suit in in shot. Yeah, I think if they'd made it like Kung Fury length. Yeah, that's. I I think I think forty five to fifty minutes as opposed to an hour and a half. I think this film could have been great. Yes. I think that there are wonderful elements to it with a lot of slow filler. A lot of slow filler and punching in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's I definitely wouldn't recommend this. Certainly wouldn't yeah. recommend paying for it. I I had a good time watching it with a group of friends, not because of the film itself, Ew. but because of being with with friends over the internet watching it. To be clear, did not have Screaming, friends around. What the fuck? Yes, lots of the the the, the fuck. What the fuck just happened? Uh what what about you? What are you watch this week? Uh do we want to do this in music or watched? Uh we can put it in watched because I think the visual component is a very. I important. think the video is the most important thing here. We're talking yeah. about this new video. Uh, uh yes, call we... me by your name. I think it's called. Yeah, my name, your name, uh, Montero. Call me by your name. Uh, yeah, must have forty-five million views in four days. Yeah, yeah, it's a great video. It's a great video. Um, so if you don't know Lil Nas's music, you might know the track "Old Town Road." It is probably the one everyone knows. He a country singer. Yeah, he 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 a gay as heck uh, country singer, mm-hmm. and. His new music video sure has kicked up a storm. People either fucking love it or hate it. And I love it. It's, it's wonderful. It's so unapologetically gay and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the best way I can summarise it is Lil Nas is in the Garden of Eden or Heaven and is tempted by homosexuality in the form of the biblical snake of temptation. Um... He's like, hey, I'm I'm gay. I will I will kiss a man. Oh no, I'm now being put on heaven trial. And then uh, somebody cast the first stone. Yes, uh, someone cast the first stone. He's cast out of heaven. Uh, he so we go dances down to hell. Yeah, he's like, fuck it. If you're gonna cast me down to hell, I'm gonna pole dance my way down to hell. Give Satan a lap dance. Break his horns off. Snap his neck. I'm Satan now. Fuck you. Yep. I mean, trans people dethroned God this year, so I think it's only reasonable that gay people take over from Satan. 
together together we rule both it's yeah. good we'll make yeah. a better world on honestly like it it has real as someone who very much grew up in Christianity and who very much left the church because of my LGBT status, it's got big vibes of, fine, if you tell me I'm going to hell, I'm going to embrace that because fuck it. I'm taking over. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you say that's where I belong, I'm going to be, I'm going to be top dog there because mm. fuck it. I'm not going to let the fact that you reckon I'm ending up there hold me down. Yeah. Um, it's a very powerful video. Yeah. He's stylish, stylish man. It's, yeah, hundred percent. He's got some looks on him. Yeah, it's 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 a, like really well shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, reading his Twitter, um, he's he's made it very clear. Oh, the music video entirely his uh, concept. Entirely his concept. Like uh, the the whole thing of oh, I put a SpongeBob frame in here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Patrick on trial. Uh, it's it's uh, like just the the fact that like to have the I the head for that sort of cinematography. Yes, I don't. Yeah, it's it is a real real good <clears throat> video to watch if you have ever been um an LGBT person who's been pushed out of religion and gone fuck it if you don't want me. Yeah, it's it's very good for that. Mm-hmm. It is a good and powerful message, and I'm a yeah. Lil Nas's Twitter has been fascinating this week. Oh, Lil Nas is a great Twitter follow, if yeah. you know where it. Very similar energy to following Sonic Fox in that sort yes. of, um, hey, hey, don't give a fuck about you kind of energy. I'm gay. And yes, I've written some family-friendly songs before, but I am not here to teach your kids. Well, even so, like, as he points out, Old Town Road, some of the lyrics in that, not super child-friendly. But... That's yeah, but that's typical of of yeah people who aren't really paying attention. Yeah, they're not paying attention until you literally have the singer fuck Satan. <laughs> they didn't fuck. That was just a laptop. I know, I know, but it those oh. boxes stayed on. <laughs> I mean, you can do a lot through boxes. <laughs> I don't know. I've never worn them. <laughs> I mean, other people's. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, that's a good music video. That it bloody is too. <laughs> uh, have you watched anything else? Uh, have I watched anything else? I need to find out. I don't remember what I've done this week. Shall it's... I do one then? Uh, yeah. We, we watched a video together on YouTube. Oh, we did. Uh, we watched the Quest real time render a Blender movie. Yeah, tell us uh, about this on the Quest movie channel on YouTube. Um, it's. It's a fascinating bit of silent or like wordless. word wordless uh, storytelling about uh, a basically you you start with a, a robot powering up and they appear to be largely all alone in the world and they sort of look around a room a bit and then they go outside and they find another robot under a, a tarpaulin or something and that robot appears to have lost their battery. And it's just And then they just go on a little mission to try and find a source of power. Yeah. Yeah. I won't spoil it, but at one point there is a very cute robot teddy bear thing. Oh, very cute. Very cute. Yeah. Um I visually I didn't think everything worked. Um there's a couple of like the lighting on the robot and the way the robot moved and the way the robot connected to the floor and environments didn't always feel quite on point. But what I think was very impressive visually was things like 
the water effects oh. were stunningly done. I think a lot of the environmental work is is incredibly done. Yeah, the, the scenery itself. Yeah, the static scenery, the um, the the fluid effects. A lot of that is superb. Well, the cloth animation on that um, oh, bit of top yes. as well. Anything that's flowing is wonderful. Um, there's, I think there, the robot design itself is very good. Yeah, I like the design of the robot. I, I just there was something that didn't quite click about it. Um, but everything else visually was very impressively mm. done. Yeah, I I hope we get to see more of that because it is a it ends on a to be continued at quite a dramatic moment. It's like get, I want to know get me more. Um, yeah, I think that's like eight months old now. So yeah. who knows how long that took to make. I don't know, I've never made something like that. I've never made something that complicated, but I can tell you it took me much longer that to make anything in Blender. <laughs> I'm not very good with three-dimensional space. Three-dimensional space is complicated. Three-dimensional space is complicated. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's everything I've watched this week. I'll d- double-check my list. I think that's everything I've watched. Yeah, yeah that's everything i well then, time for this. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Came in a bit of... <laughs> I was eager. I wanted to... Yeah, eager. I mean, that's what we're all about, right? Uh, yeah, go, go, go. Eager. You know. Get the money. Uh, Find so, the money. Capture yeah, the money. About getting the money. So, yeah. you know how we released that uh, collection of classic games, you know, back in, you know, the autumn of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. Uh, classic platformers with the red hat. Guy. Oh, is it nearly time? Yeah, it's nearly time. So, yeah. like... It's nearly time to kill him off. He's gone dead forever. No more buying the, the collection. So no more. I'm thinking we need to get a real good squeeze on people to, you know, panic buy this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because look, if we're not if we're not gonna if we're not gonna sell it after this, we gotta make sure they fucking buy loads of them. Yeah. Uh I'm thinking we put up uh put up billboards all around all the major cities that say uh Red Hat Plumber Guy is dying. Here's your last chance to save him before it happens. What if uh, we just have, like, a picture of the bad guy, the the, the crocodile guy or whatever, uh, and he's got, like, a gun to, <gasps> to Red Hat Plumber's head, and we're like, this is it. Once he's gone, he's gone. Oh, this shit. is your chance to save... Oh, oh, I got it. I've got exactly what we do. We uh, we put up... Uh, He's he's falling off a cliff or in some spikes or something. Yeah. And we have the, the life counter up in the top left of the billboard and it's got zero. It's like that we, we go with your tagline from the previous one. When, uh, oh, when he's gone, it's over. Oh, it's it's he's going to be gone for good in a second because he's got no lives left, you know. No more lives. No continues. This is your last chance. Exactly. But. I will say, I am a little disappointed that after, you know, this is great because we get to just get people to panic by this thing. Yeah. But I don't like not being able to sell them this after that date. I assume we're just going to repackage it with like some extra graphics or maybe some phone wallpapers or windows backdrops. Uh, you know, we'll just repackage it next year or something. Oh, now, see, I had another plan. I had right, another plan. Right. We sell each one individually because it's it's not the package. It's different. It's a different right. thing. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing yeah. we said we were ending. Exactly. But we charge the full price that that collection would have been for each of the individual ones. Of course. Exactly. Because you weren't a good enough loyal consumer to get it when it was a collection package. 
pay through the nose now. Plus, the real collectors, they're going to buy that again. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, six months down the line, we put out another edition of each of these, and we include that online only one, the, the uh, one with like all the, basically everyone plays the game together. Yeah, like yeah, that one thing. that we also were killing off this week. Yeah, we kill that, but in six months' time, we bring it back, bundled with one of these games. Oh, I see, I so see. It's like you buy the whole thing, you're now getting the collectors of edition of the one we're about to release where it's all of the individual games but now it's like ah oh, but what if red hat plumber guy galaxy 2 <gasps> oh, shit. bundles with the royale you are a fucking genius i know Lorigani sponsor who's our new sponsor well do you like flannel I do like flannel. Dr. Martens. I, I do like Dr. Martens or a vegan alternative that's, you know, not made out of leather. I mean, so, some and, Dr. Martens are vegan. Oh, a good stompy boot. I like a good, a good stompy, stompy boot. boot. A yeah. good 12 hole oh, shit kicker. Yeah, real, real, like, sto steel toe capped thing. Mm. Oh. Kick those fash. Kick oh. Ah, do you like, uh, just like clippers that only work on one side of your head? Ah, that conveniently only work on one side of my head. Yes, yeah, I do. Designed specifically yeah, for that. funny you mentioned that. They, they they only seem to get one side of my head. It's perfect, though, because you never yeah. get that weird wobbly thing when you've tried to do it yourself. Exactly. I, I get to the line and it's just like, no, nope, doesn't go any further. It, go. it just shaves that side off. Yeah, it's brilliant how so, you can do just that. Yeah. Would you like all of these things at a discount? I, I would. Come on down to Lesbian Giveaway Warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've got everything you need. They've got pastel flannel. They've got oh. red flannel. Oh. They've got overalls. Oh. Or dungarees, as we call oh. them in this country. Oh. Uh, they've got Doc Martens with the vegan Dr. Martens. Oh. Do they have, like, good, like, women's biker jackets? Naturally. Oh. Like, black denim jackets with patches black, on? Black you can get a battle jacket. They oh. have, like, a whole section. Imagine a Hobby Lobby, but not homophobic, just full of patches. Ah, oh. like you can just oh. go in there, and there's like a section at the back where someone who is good at sewing oh. will sew them on for you. I'm I'm gonna walk out of this place looking like the concept of lesbianism exploded on me. Yeah, I mean, you should ultimately walk out of a place like this looking like the platonic form of lesbian. Well, I am certainly not gonna say no to walking out head to toe in plaid and steel capped boots I, I want everyone within a quarter mile to know of my liking of ladies well in which case come on down to lesbian giveaway warehouse and enter the code qnps161 and you can get 10% off your first order of patches uh, they're also doing a uh, three for a fiver at the moment and you can still use the discount code on that you can also get a uh, uh, discounts on battle jackets on uh, various types of jeans high-waisted oh. relaxed fit Ooh. comfy comfy jeans <sighs> very 80s mom jeans overalls like you wouldn't believe and not just the the slim fit ones like but like plus size as well oh, like actually comfortable fitting clothes that fit you and are comfortable and nice and gay i i hope you will still like me when i walk out of there looking very very gay i think my wife might be gay <gasps> shocking <horror. laughs> so 
What have you put in your ears? Ah, uh, we both put in our ears the finale to the Magnus Archives. Mm. Um, I have listened to that more than once. I have listened to that twice. I, without spoilers, mm. I think broad strokes, I like the ending. I think it is the only ending that they could have had. I mean, I I think there are a couple of there were a couple of viable endings, and this certainly was one of them. Um, I feel like this last episode could have benefited from being longer. They tried to fit a lot of twists and turns into a very short period of time, and it felt like it ended very abruptly. I I slightly disagree with that. Like, I think that I. I, I I know what you mean because we've yeah. discussed this. I I think that um that the amount of t- for mm, talking around this for the decisions that were made, I think they were made within a not unreasonable amount of time. I think we got <sighs> a, a good amount of. I think they could have had potentially a better ending if it had been longer, but. We have to remember, first of all, it's in the cosmic horror genre. Yeah. So it was never going to end. Yeah. I'm I'm not asking for any of what happened to change. I purely think that characters changed what they were going to do several times, and I think that the the episode did not give enough breathing room between those changes of direction. I don't think it did enough to justify in the text without having to read between the lines what would drive someone to make such drastic changes in what they're planning. And I personally feel like it was twists and turns for the sake of twists and turns a little bit. I can see why you think that. I do disagree with those points. Yeah. It's it's a it's a divisive ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and again it's not to say that like it's not a bad ending. No, I have no. listen. I I have seen far worse endings on long running things. It's in no way going to negatively impact how I feel about no. this as an overall piece of work. But I would like even more now, like because I think we talked a couple of weeks ago about listening to the whole series again. Yes, I think more now. I want to listen to the whole series, like yeah. knowing where it ends, knowing where yes. everything leads to. What was it again? But yeah, this is one where we disagree on how we feel about the ending, and I... I mean, ultimately, we're both reasonably positive about it. I understand why you feel more positive than I do. Yes. But, like, yeah, I... I can understand why you feel the way you do as well. I feel... Uh, That's good. I I mean, that's very much the way... That's why I listened to it, like... I was like, I have to listen to this again. And the, the the thing that made me happiest was there was a moment of, ah, a thing I've been thinking was was justified. Yeah. And then, like, to go on to go, and that didn't matter a fucking bit. None yeah. of what I, what I had <sighs> predicted mattered. I listened to it a second time, and I, if anything, felt more the way I do now. Mm-hmm. Like, more strongly of, yeah, I'm not sure about, about how they did this. Yeah, uh, I can understand why. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, like, I'm not a good enough writer to say I know how it could have been better. I, like, I, mean, I don't know that length could have made it better. I, I think it would have needed kind of different setup, like, with I, a couple of episodes. I, I don't even necessarily think that. I think a longer episode would have allowed for um, 
more explanation, uh, more examination of some of those things, and for some of the things to not feel as out of nowhere. Because a lot of them, it felt like, okay, we've got like six bullet points we want to hit in twenty minutes. Uh, okay, okay, we, it it felt like that. Most of the episodes of the Magnus Archives that I've really liked have had a slow build. Yeah, have had a very deliberate pace. They've never felt have rarely felt rushed. They usually feel like they have one idea they're trying to convey mm. and they're getting it done. Yes. This was very not in keeping with the tone and the pacing of the rest of the show in that it Agreed. was it was four or five different things each given a chunk of the episode to get through. Yeah. And I feel like with a longer episode you could have had each of those moments have the gravitas and the the breathing room that they would usually have if not wedged into this episode. Yeah, I I I, I can one hundred percent agree with that. I think the point was not to give any of it breathing room, I, and that maybe that's reading me reading something into it that isn't there. I feel like the point was to go, oh shit, this, but oh shit, this, but oh I, shit, this. Ah, the end. Yeah, I I get you. But when you have followed characters for mm-hmm. two hundred episodes, yeah. um, having oh shit this, oh shit that, oh shit that, um, with major character motivations, I feel like major character motivations in your payoff episode after two hundred, I feel like you need to have proper understanding of the why of character motivations because this is your last chance to understand those characters and to rush that in a finale. It feels like a weird time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, absolutely love the series. Mm. Want to be clear, it's a wonderful series. All of our recommendations we've made throughout uh, Queer and Pleasant Strangers yes. about this show, one hundred percent stand. I plan to listen to it again. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Go, go listen to the Magnus Archives. Wonderful, fantastic podcast. I'm still a Patreon of Rusty Quill. Indeed, it is a wonderful, fantastic show. Even if I feel a bit eh, about the end, about the final episode, mm. but yeah, like no, no major complaints. No major complaints. Major like complaints. it didn't ruin the world or the lore or the characters no, or no, anything. No, not at all. It wasn't a lost ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? What have you listened to this week? Well, the sun was out, <gasps> so I put on um, a mix I've had for years, and I listen to it every time the sun's out. Yeah. For like more than a minute. Um, it is a mix called uh, Pure Uplifting Extreme Hardcore. By DJ React, aka Bobby B or Bobby B. Uh, I originally got it off Tunes.net. If anyone remembers Tunes.net, giving you some idea how long I've had this mix. I really like it. Um, it's got like a uh, up uh, hardcore version of um, Now You're Gone mm. and um, You're My Angel. It's it's good, uplifting, bouncy, sunshine. I want to go for a frolic oh. type. Um, hardcore, like it's a bit warm to be bouncing to it, but heck it, it's it's the good stuff. <laughs> I love it. I listen to it like pretty much every year, or sometimes more than once. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you listened to anything else? I listened to some new music this week. Some nude music. Yeah. Uh, I listened to a track called "Clear Enough" by an artist called Oakman. Uh, sort of femme rock track feels very similar to like a Paramore, a band like that. Uh, particularly in terms of the direction of the vocalist. Uh, just a, just a good little rock track about knowing, you know, sometimes knowing you gotta get away and start over. Good gravy! Oh no, all of the emergencies are happening. They're coming to get us. All that we want is an ambulance. We don't need an ambulance. We're okay. We don't. 
Uh, I also listened to a track called Don't Go To My House by 1st of October. <laughs> um, I, I think you'll find this relatable when I get to what it's about in a second. Um, masculine, sort of fast, raw, frantic rock track about, you know, setting boundaries. Uh, very relatable track, if quite short. Um, basically just about not wanting people to show up at your house unannounced without giving advanced warning, even if you love them as people. Do you have this, the whole, like, I, I love you, but don't don't show up at my door un, unexpected. Plan, it's, plan, like, it's like uh, ringing me. Don't ring yes. me unless you've text first to confirm it's okay. Yes. It is It is just a fast-paced, frantic punk track about, like, hey, hey, it, it, don't don't just show up at my door. Let me know you're coming and ask if it's okay, and then I'll say it's okay, and then you can come round. Don't just show up. Ah! I will be very frazzled if you do this. Yeah, it kind of re- reminds me of a tweet I saw earlier this week that said, uh, don't mistake my free time for spare time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I know for me, it's a case of, I have to do a lot of mental prep work before I socialise, because autism brain. I have to do mental prep work. I have to feel comfortable about how the house looks. Yes, exactly. Even if I know my friends don't care and I know my friends don't care. Yeah, I care if they see it. It's not even that. It's, I I will sit there the whole time like, fretting about it. What if they're judging me secretly and not telling me? Not even that. Like, I... Oh, that's me. (laughs) It's about me wanting to have some control over like my environment yeah and i find when somebody else is in the house i become hyper aware of all sorts of things yes i am the same like we get there for different reasons but <laughs> i am the same in the like i want to do the special someone's going to be here clean that is the or just the tidy the i want yeah i want to prepare the house before someone arrives the so other, that the I other thing is set it up. Other people being in the house is a great excuse for that. Yes, exactly. Like, the the house is rarely so clean as summer when we have lots of people coming over. Exactly. Um, and then even so, it's it's. I need prep time not just to brace for social interaction, even with people that I absolutely love, but also. I live my life by plans and routine, and I don't like changing routine. And nope. if someone shows up at my house unannounced. My even even if I have nothing planned, this is you've you've changed the plan from do nothing to do something, mm-hmm. and that's a sudden unexpected change of plan. Hundred percent. Yeah. So this is, this is a good punk track about that. Yeah. About hey, don't don't show up unannounced. It's okay for you to come round. You just let, uh, say, and I I'll agree, and then you come round. Mm-hmm. Do do it that way. Do do. Um. There's also a really good track I found called Tongue and Stutter. By I the Victor, uh, really, really interesting track. It is one that very much benefits from a good pair of headphones on. Um, it's got this very ethereal, floaty melody that uses glitching and stuttering effects in that melody as the percussion. Okay. Um, so th- the percussion is essentially stutters and glitches in a very floaty, no stops. Um, um, a melody that is just constantly sort of gently going, but it's it's glitching to get its its percussion line. Mm. Um, that's paired with a very fast, precise, fragmented rap on top of that. Okay. Um, very short vocal fragments where the singer will clearly 
break words up into smaller components and change the intonation between um between fragments of the sentence mm-hmm. in order to sort of match that glitching effect in the way they're singing. Mm-hmm. It is a really like technically impressive track um, that I would highly recommend if you want to hear just very clever use of music. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's called Tongue and Stutter by either Victor. Mm. What about you? What have you listened to this week? I listened to Robin S. Show Me Love on repeat for about three hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a musical analysis because like somebody's been saying like, Okay, I keep not finishing tracks recently, and part of the reason is, like, I'm not sure, like, how do I layer this thing? How do I introduce this thing? How do I do the drop I want to do? Because so far I've been making a lot of music that is... Yeah, it can have some progression and some movement to it, but it doesn't have, like, a simple... It doesn't... Most of it doesn't have a simple A-B-A-B, like... Structure? Structure. Yeah. It's... It's sort of a bit more flowy and floaty. Like the closest I got to that was the the disco track I did recently, Dumb Diddy. Yes. Um, and it's like I want to do more stuff like that, but in like house genres and drum and bass genres. Um, mm. so I was like, I'm gonna go back to old school house. Yeah. And it was all a bit more minimal, and I'm gonna like try and just like analyze some things, and hopefully I can go through the whole house genre. And make tracks in in loads of different things. Yeah. Because at the moment we're in March, and I I was hoping that I would get like ten completed tracks by the end of the year. Has been yeah. sort of my goal. And we're in March now. I've kind of got one so far. <laughs> I mean, look, doing doing the the work to learn how to do new genres is as important as making things that you know how to make. I know. I'm. I know. I'm putting stress on myself in ridiculous ways. It's like I just, if if I study more, I'll be better at it. But you like, will. I want to do the thing now. I want to be good at the thing now. I I understand. <laughs> want to be good at the thing now. There are many things I have tried to learn over the years and then stopped trying to learn because I want to be good at the thing now. Mm-hmm. The ability to delayed gratification be good at it later. <laughs> Not good at that. No, because like part of me is like, yeah, but you could just like quickly dash off a track in a genre that you are okay at. Yeah, but I want to do this genre, and uh, this genre is But I want to be good at the thing now. <laughs> I want to be good at that thing now, rather than the thing I'm already good at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would like to be able to have the brain to do things I'm not good at until I'm good at them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm still trying, that's the important thing. Yeah, go like, I'm, I'm still getting the keyboard out, I'm still sitting there, and I'm still putting the work in, like... Even though I'm not necessarily getting the tracks out right now. Yeah. You're you're doing the legwork. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Have you got anything else? That's everything I've listened to this well, week. Sound for this. Oh god, the world is so depressing. Cute duck rescue team. Oh my god. Oh, look at them. They're so adorable. That one's pushing a little ball around. Oh, look at the little beaks. The little beakies. Would you like some snackies? Oh, they're tying my boss to a chair. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, what's this? Oh, the union papers. Cool, we can join a union. Cool. Oh, a pen, thank you. 
The, the 20 to give this to anyone? Oh, you, you'll take it. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh what, what's this for me now? Oh, the means of production. Oh, oh, oh well, I, I feel so much better. Thank you, cute duck rescue team. This was amazing. It's so cute. Is this you out for dinner with a friend? That you've known for a long time. You've been going for dinner a lot. Your eyes meet across the table. But is it just nice? Or is she flirting? Introducing Nice or Flirting, the premiere app for sapphic folk. Too clueless to tell if she likes you or not. Okay, app, we had a candlelit dinner for two. She got down on one knee and gave me a ring. We're moving in together. Does she like me? Or does she like like me? Bing. Oh, that's pretty gay, apparently. Okay, okay. Okay, she's been flirting with me for eight months, according to the app. Cool. That's good to know. That's good We've to been know. dating for four months. Okay. Oh, um, let's see. Uh, we're currently in bed together and we're having a, a cuddle and she keeps sort of wiggling her tushions at me. Let's, let's try this on the app. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yep, yep, this is a thing. This is, the, oh, this, yep. We've we've been together for three years. I just thought the living together and adopting a cat together was just like a nice friends thing that we would we were doing together. Because she's always very complimentary of me, and and like she's she's very lovely, and I love her very dearly. But I guess I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, I I thought about it, but I assumed she hadn't thought about it. I assumed it. she hadn't thought about it. Thanks, the app. Oh, okay. She's knuckles deep in me at the moment. <laughs> I want to see more of. What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, I'm, uh, you know, not too bad, not too bad. You've been, uh, you know, been up to much. Uh, you know, you know, watching everyone get vaccinated from a distance and, you know, yeah. not, not quite being at that point in the queue myself yet. Wait, wait my turn, wait my turn. But, you know, very positive about the whole thing generally. Yeah, exactly, exactly. One thing I'm not so positive about with the vaccines, though, is... Uh, the whole fact that most of them are uh, patented and uh, proprietary technology and... Um... Yeah, I mean, especially considering that, that I think at least one of these that I'm aware of very much went in with the, no, every, it's going to be like a public thing and, and we'll all own it. Yes, and then the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation came in and uh, were it gave them a lot of money and then encouraged them to patent it, which... Is not good. No, no. And for all for all the times that uh, Bill and McGinley and the Gates have been and their foundation have been like, oh, you know, it's philanthropy and we're doing good for the world. You've clearly done an evil here. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, look, I recognise that there is a certain amount of in medical uh, fields, uh, a small amount of uh, above cost sale required to put money into creating more things. But, you know, let, you know. Often, medication is completely scalped for profit. Beyond that point, which is ridiculous. And in this case, governments around the world for the COVID vaccine put huge amounts of money behind, uh, you know, the development of these vaccines with no expectation it be paid back. Those vaccines should be fair game for anyone. Yeah, you know, if they are funded by global taxpayer funds, largely. They should be available to anyone so that anyone in any country can produce the vaccine and start vaccinating people. Because right now, there are like three or four companies making COVID vaccines and you pay what they're asking because 
we need to get COVID under wraps. And if you are a country that cannot afford to pay above what other countries are willing to pay for it, then you aren't vaccinating people right now. Yeah, I mean, we've we've already seen that uh, Britain have been told that they might not be uh, able to uh, import any vaccines for a while because their their numbers are like way higher than huge chunks of the world. It's uh, it's it's morally repugnant to go around uh, patenting these things, not least because you know it's just a service to the world to the to yeah. their health of of people across the globe. A radical idea here: saving people's lives and the medical industry should not be a for profit business. There shouldn't be a medical industry. Exactly, saving people should be done, you know, for the public good, uh, funded by taxpayers. Um, free to access at the point of entry and should, should not be an issue where one country has the right to save people and other countries are like well I can't afford to pay pay it so I guess we just don't get to save people exactly first uh, <sighs> luck mate first luck uh. yeah Good luck, mate. Good luck. Good luck. I will say, if someone were to, for example, steal the recipe for a vaccine and uh, put it available online, I wouldn't be upset. Um, no, I would. I would hypothetically be right if, if they hypothetically did such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I would say that they were doing good work and should be applauded <laughs> for that. Uh, ready for a, for an early night? Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah. yeah. So, Laura. <gasps> Where can we find you on the internet? Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, I post stuff on TikTok, so you can check that out. Uh, I stream Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. I post episodes of Accessibility over on YouTube uh, every Friday. That's about accessibility and representation in the games industry. This week's episode will probably be one about pausing and the importance of being able to pause in games. Uh, you can also find my books. Uncomfortable Labels, that's about being an autistic trans woman. That's out now. Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, that, that's about video game character butts and it's got pictures in it and it's a coffee table book and that's out now. And then Gender Euphoria is an anthology of non-cis people's positive gender-affirming stories. It comes out on June 4th, uh, June 10th, 2021, uh, which is like two months away? Because we're about to be in April, Major. Yeah, just over two months. Gosh, that's really soon. Mm-hmm. Books are going to show up here really soon. <laughs> They're being printed. It's happening. We're going to have that thing again. I'll try not to put my back out this time. Yeah, don't put your back out <laughs> this time. I will carry the books if needed. Oh, I'll help. But oh. hopefully I won't carry as many books this they, time. They should be lighter and and smaller yeah. this time, which will help. They're not hardbacks. Um... And then I have I have children's books that will happen probably toward the end of the year, maybe. I've been, I'm still working on that. Heckins. Uh, also, podcasts. Um, Podquisition, we tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. Pixel Squirt, it's about video game character pornography. And Dice Funk is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Uh, each season's its own self-contained story, so you can jump into any season. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and now season 8. Mm. 
Um, I'm also on another podcast with you that is is not this one. That'll be polyamory. Yeah, yeah, that's the one where where we have it's a D and D fifth edition real play podcast with questionable morals. Uh, we've just had a new episode of that up. We got to see some lovely familiar faces and their wonderful lovely cottage. And now we're going to a strange place full of tabaxi and Ooh. singing. Um, I also, uh, oh yeah, I mentioned earlier I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. You can find that on my SoundCloud. We have a Stoned Monkey Radio SoundCloud where you can listen to things like this and Polyamory and the program. We've got a Facebook group. I've got a Redbubble where I sell my t-shirts. Uh, Stone Monkey Radio blog where I write about all kinds of games, board and videoed. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel. I, I'm on Twitter. I have a Twitch I stream on Thursday nights at 19.30 UK time. And have a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a 76-hour work week, please. Thank <gasps> you. Um, yeah, and if you want early access to things like Grown Pleasant Strangers and Polyamory, you can get those sometimes three or four days early um, for as little as $10 a month. I think that's everything. So, Laura... <gasps> oh, wait, I forgot to say. Streamerlinks.com slash Janiac. <laughs> J-A-N-E-I-A-C. And my Patreon is Stoned Monkey Radio. That's it. Yeah. Laura! Where can we find you on the internet, darling? No, this is a bit where you tell now us to sing us out. Sing us out, darling. <laughs> Until next time, be a stranger. I got the things right. I know what's going on. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, don't write that in the thing. <laughs> don't write and it how, in. How, how deep do I go? <laughs> knuckles or elbow? <laughs> <laughs> I think Knuckles is. Uh, she's wrist deep in me now. <laughs> she, she's shoulder deep in me. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> she's wearing me like a glove puppet. <laughs> Fisting humor. <laughs> <laughs>